Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 101. We are discussing the Zozo Championship on the PJ Tour and the Portugal Masters on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PJ Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve. How are you? I'm all right, mate. You? Not too bad. Not too bad. Congratulations on your win with uh, JT last week. On our hundredth hundredth uh, episode, always nice to get a win on the yeah. on a landmark like that. So yeah, good stuff. I couldn't find another single digit favourite that's won in twenty nineteen on the PGA Tour. No, it's been an odd one, isn't it? It's uh, it's been an odd year for golf punning. Full stop. There's been uh, twelve to ones. Rory's. I think Rory was ten to one when he won in Canada, but Dustin Johnson was six to one favourite. This is what I'm saying. You know, single digit favourite, top of the top of the betting, actually winning on the PJ Tour. Yeah. Even the Tour Championship, uh, Justin Thomas was five to two because he had the five shot lead. Rory, I think, was eight, and he yeah, was third right. favourite. Yeah, it's yeah. Been a bit of a bit of an odd. It's bump, been a strange it, yeah. year, mate. Indeed, but yeah, no, good stuff. Good stuff. GolfBettingSystem.co.uk is our website, naturally available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul's at Golf Betting on Twitter. I'm at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Just released our Azozo Championship Golf Betting Show. I will be recording the Portugal Master Show after this podcast. Podcast is available on a myriad of different... Uh, platforms, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify is the one I use, but there you go. Um, can you just take time for us listeners to rate and review us on iTunes? This is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Leave your name in the review so you can read it out on the podcast. Secondly, if you're in the growing band of YouTube listeners, please subscribe and like the show. So, um, listeners, if you could just... Uh, we, we just love the reviews, Paul, don't we? Yes. Oh, it's nice to get feedback, isn't it? I haven't got one this week, so I'm feeling a bit left out. <laughs> We've had a good run on the reviews. We could use bribery, but what's the point? I'd rather people actually yeah, take a no, positive... Give us a genuine review. It's always a quieting down time of year for golf and punting anyway, isn't it? So I can understand people starting to take a breather and get themselves ready for uh, next season. Or next year, anyway. Hmm. I agree. Right. Last week, yeah, snagged the winner at the CJ Cup. Um, they they put really handy bite chi- bite size um, highlights now, both PGA Tour and European Tour on YouTube, mm. and uh, I find them really interesting just to watch. You know, you tend, it tends to be like twelve minutes, fifteen minutes. The European Tour ones are even more detailed. They tend to be about fifteen minutes per round. Yeah. So you know, just to see literally no uh, no BS, but just the shots. And you can just get it, you know, from get it how a player's strengths are, what how how they come to such a, a good score. Mm. And I was just watching JT's highlights last night, and the guy just, you know, it was per, it was it's absolutely as we described it last week that golf course. You've got to hit it as far as you can. Every hole seems to be driver. 
and every, every par four, every par five driver. Hit it as yeah. far as you can, and then if you're you know you're often left with a shot sub one twenty five yards with a with your shortest wedge, and convert from there. Mm. Yeah, he's obviously got his head around it, the track, hasn't he? So second. I mean that par five eighteenth. Um, some of the numbers in for the second shot were about 150 yards into yeah, a par yeah. five. Yeah. Now, it yeah. clearly isn't a par five, it's a par four. Yeah. Driver um, and wedge or driver nine iron or whatever. Yeah, they end up incredible. Um, you're just never quite sure, though, with golf. Are you? I mean, he is an absolute natural. I, I've seen some tweets and some comments on the Facebook group, and some people actually saying over the last couple of years you actually look at JT I know he in majors he's disappointed apart from clearly the PGA Championship win but he doesn't rack up top fives top tens in majors mm. but what you know in on on the PGA Tour the man's just a winning machine that's his 11th title now in yeah. five seasons yeah, I think it is they've come in pretty quick succession haven't they and uh, he's actually now level in terms of career PGA Tour victories with Jordan Spieth mm. Who clearly has always been the two, the two of them, good mates, and just they've always played the same level of golf throughout their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a top player, and uh, you know you've got a few of these guys at the very top now who are you know, on, on their day well capable of winning a, an event like that. And you know you look at Brooks Kepka last week, who you know, knocked it on the head after a couple of rounds, didn't he? Versus JT, who's uh, gone on to secure his second win there, and. Set himself up perfectly for the rest of this year and to start the next season. Danny Lee landed over a million dollars for runner-up mm. in that CJ Cup. That's the money that's on offer in these two tournaments, these yeah. two short field tournaments. Because you said to me earlier, off mic, you said, "Why, why did Graham McDowell play that and not play in Paris?" Mm. And it's like, well, you probably find that he landed. <laughs> I don't know what 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 would you land for a mid thirties type position. Certainly more I than he would have got good for money, uh, isn't it? Yeah, huh? certainly more than he got for probably a top ten at the uh, Open de France. That's for sure. That's good effort from Danny Lee to keep his focus after the uh, the early arrival of his baby on what was it on Friday night? I think it was premature uh, premature baby arrival um, out of the blue, and uh, still managed to keep his focus for that entire four rounds. So that's pretty pretty impressive stuff, I think. Clearly, the boy's focused, isn't he? If you were, uh, if you were Ernie Els, who would you be putting in your President's Cup squad in seven or nine days' time after the HSBC, or ten days' time? Who would be your four captains' picks? Nice. That's getting that's getting the grey matter working, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. Don't know. Because you've got a lot of international players that have been showing good form of late. No, I don't think that's a surprise. I don't think that's a coincidence. Because mm. clearly there's a there's a very large deadline coming out after the HSBC. Yeah. So who who would you put in your, your team if you were Ernie? Don't know, I'd have to have a look at the rankings to give myself a, a list of names. Couldn't uh... Can pluck them out the top of the off the top of my head, but um... well, you've got Koreans Ben An, Sung Jm, you've got now Danny Lee that's throwing his hat in mm. the ring, you've got the two Canadians Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, 
You've got Jason Day that's not in the automatic spots. He's going to go, isn't he? So Day, Day's, Day's an automatic. You've got Eric Van Royen, potentially. You've got Brandon mm. Grace. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd go near Grace. Van Royen's a better pick than that, but uh, is he of the same kind of quality as some of these guys near the near the top? Not, not quite sure. And Benny you know, Jazz, Jazz nice Jane Watanan was trying to get involved, wasn't he, with his Asian tour focus, but mm. he, he played awfully last week in, in Korea. Yeah, went, went, yeah. Big, went up big against a decent... Some interesting. I mean, there's even people talking about Rio Ishikawa. It seems to have exploded his natural game in in Japan. But I don't. I don't see that happening potentially. Of mm. course, you've also got Yoking Neiman that didn't make the automatic spots either. So there's there's a veritable feast there of of young talent to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Big some big decisions for Ernie. Yeah, I would big... take Jason Day. I'd take Yoking Yoking Neiman. I would take Sung J Im. And I would probably take Adam Hadwin. I wouldn't take Benny Ann because really? I just don't I just don't like Benny Ann. As soon as he gets anywhere near the lead like he did last week, leader, and I don't it just goes backwards. Mm. Yeah, he's playing some half decent stuff though. Mm. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But then so's so's Hadwin, and you know, you were on him a few weeks back, weren't you? And uh, two top some, fours. Yeah, playing some solid stuff. Don't. We'll find out. And of course, of time. the Americans, if Tiger Woods has got the same issues, he's got, does he pick himself? Does he pick Phil? You've got Patrick Reed. You've got Tony Finau. I think Ricky Fowler's basically said he's not interested, got married, hasn't played any golf yeah, whatsoever, so he's ruled himself out. Focused elsewhere, only. You've got Kevin Nahr who's been playing some outstanding stuff. And the one that I forgot and haven't mentioned in any recent podcasts and just literally come into my psyche when I was writing up the previous day is Gary Woodland. Mm. You've got Gary Woodland, who's played probably he's played the best season of his life. Played well, didn't he, at Kapalua, the first one of the year. Then he goes and win, uh, finishes in the top eight at the PGA Championship. Then he goes and wins the US Open. And he hasn't made the automatic spots. You know, you could be you could be in a situation where where the US Open champion doesn't get a pick for the President's mm. Cup. It's just incredible. Well, if it's a focus for him, then it's a big week this week, isn't it? He's not playing the WGC, is he, next week? It's uh Shishan, mm. so. What did you learn from France then on a typically gnarly golf course? Clearly, yeah. it wasn't about driving accuracy when you've got the huge bomber, the Belgian bomber winning. The Belgian it. bomber. No, and it was always going to be interesting to see how the change in scheduling really impacted it. And clearly, it was far softer than previous. It was interesting listening to an interview with uh, Ryan Fox, who. Um, I'd backed pre-event and was leading after the first round, so some brief excitement, at least last week. Um, and he was talking about how the course was playing far longer and far wider as a result of the soft fairways. Um, and I think that opened the door for these different styles of players to come through. It's interesting with Cole Sartes because he didn't have, on paper, the best of records at uh, Le Golf National before, but there was a couple of little bits of sneaky form in there and there were a few sneaky good rounds in the events leading up to it and um, 
if you could have taken those elements and put them together and uh, taken a leap of faith at 100 to 1, you could have got there. But I mean, you, if you'd have been back in the likes of, or any of the guys at the top, the Cole Sarts or the George Coates or the um, JB Hansons, as they were you know, handing the lead round like a hot potato on Sunday, you'd have been, if you'd had any of those three backs, you'd have been you know, sitting there close to a heart attack, I think. But um, he, uh, he, he he did well in the end, Cole Sarts, to, to pull himself together after a late double and uh, parred the final three holes, I think, to get himself home from memory. And uh, yeah, no, good. First win for seven years. It, you know, it's one of those things. It, it, he, to be honest, he did appear on my stats and he did resonate on a few elements. But I, even at a hundred to one, it just didn't appeal. I, you know, it, it had needed to be probably double that to have uh, to have got into my um, into the, really into my shortlist. So yeah, a bit disappointing, really. Marcus Kinholt was my. Best chance, and um, yeah, he kept getting involved, and then he threw a double in, a double or a treble. He didn't make a bogey after after Thursday. He just made three doubles and a treble, and uh, every time, he, as you say, every time he got himself briefly on the kind of edge of contention, he'd throw another double in, which was disappointing. He got himself into an each way paying position after after the front nine on Sunday, and had he managed to just hold on to that position. Um, um, would have been all right, but, um, but again, he just threw another double in um, around the turn, which is where his where his trouble seemed to be last week. Which is he's close, he's 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 close to winning something again, I think, uh, Kenault, but um, clearly not last week, unfortunately. So yeah, going back to Fox, that again, first round leader. I I'll, at the end of the season, I'll go back and I'll do some sums and see what I would have achieved had I just backed all my players I've picked this year first round leader and not outright because I I don't know that must be six or eight first round leaders I've had this year from the, the players that I've picked and backed outright so you mm. get this brief excitement on a Thursday and then um, they start they to, away, yeah. start to fall away Matt Wallace was another one a few weeks back who was leading after the first round at um, where was that Wentworth wasn't it and then uh, ended up in the uh, mid division. Frustrating, but there, there you go. Live and learn. But yes, for next year, um, we'll, we'll see how it's scheduled. We'll see how how it all falls together. See what kind of status the um, the French Open has. But um, certainly, if it's played at that back end of the year, it's worth considering longer players because of the uh, because of the nature of the way the course will play. Certainly, a lot softer. What price was the Belgian bomber? Hundred to one in spots. Wow. Yeah, hundred to one. So yeah, and there were a few people on him. I you know, saw a few, saw a few people on again on the Facebook group who uh, had picked him up. So well done if you took a chance on him. But uh, it need, would have needed to have been a bit longer for me. The Zozo Championship. It's a new addition to the PGA Tour this week, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, I've christened it a mini major. Decent because field. it is absolutely loaded. Uh, this Zozo brand, I think, I think it's clothing apparel, but don't shoot me, listeners, if I've got that wrong. They've clearly thrown a lot of money at this. Uh, you've got a field with Justin Thomas, the favourite, at fifteen to two. Rory McIlroy, eight to one. 
Home hero Hideki Matsuama, 18 to 1. Jordan Spieth and Paul Casey and Xander Chauflay available at 25 to 1. Uh, Adam Scott, 28s, Fleetwood, 28s, and then Tiger Wood at 33 to 1 with the likes of Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, Patrick Reed, Victor Hovland. Yeah, it's a quality, quality field. I haven't even mentioned Jason Day yet. Mm. Mark Leishman, Sergio Garcia, Benny Ann, Shane Lowry, the Open champion at 55 to 1. It's loaded. And clearly, you know, it it fits into a lot of schedules very well because it's the week before the World Golf Championship final event in uh, Shanghai, China, yeah, next week, yeah. which you'll get be covering. Some, get some acclimatisation over mm. in that neck of the woods. Get the um, jet lag out of the way. And yeah. Some of the guys are playing all three, you know, CJ Cup, HSBC next week, and of course the Zozo this week. I think these, these tournaments also appeal because, naturally, there are no cut. Mm. Uh, there's eight points. Is it nine point seven five million dollars in the prize fund? Yeah, it's a big number. Um, and that you know, as Danny Lee found out last week, he he landed almost one point one million dollars for finishing runner-up, which for a player like Lee is kind of. I wouldn't have thought he probably won that amount the year he won in twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's big. big that's old that's why these. The, you know, for these players, very, very attractive money, isn't it? Especially for some of the small, you know, some of the names that aren't so, you know, household. You know, a, a Nate Lashley or a Adam Long. Um, you know, players of that kind of ilk. You know, it's a payday for finishing in the top thirty. Big, big money and decent FedEx Cup points. So you can see why players um, are very, very. It's it's like moths to a flame pool. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of this is, of course, though, that we know nothing about uh, where they're actually playing this. Uh, they've chosen the Accordia Golf Nar- Narashino Country Club, which, according to Tiger Tracker on um, Twitter, took two hours to get in a, out in a taxi out of central Tokyo. <laughs> Because of the distance, or because of the train? But there you go. Well, because of the distance, or because of the because of the train? Well, I won't get into the geography of it, although I will. It isn't Tokyo the biggest sprawling metropolis on the planet. I think it's big, bigger yeah. than Mexico City. It just goes on and on and on and on. Mm. But anyway, it's in the you know it's right on the they call it Chiba. It's to the east of Tokyo. Um. It has been their wet season, although it isn't as such now. It's basically it's falling as it does here. It's falling into autumn or fall if you're listening to this in the United States. So we're dealing with very European, northern European type temperatures, twenty to twenty-two degrees this week. Um, it's effectively a, the weather we saw at the CJ Cup in terms of temperature. But let's go back to the course. This Narashino Country Club. Um, I I knew very very we have got a, a, some real experts on Japanese golf on the Facebook group the Golf Betting System Facebook group who they a lot of them specialise on the Asian tour so uh, they would know this but 
the the golf course in Japan, a lot of them they would make they were built in the sixties and the seventies, and they they feature twin greens. Mm. So you have a green A and a green B, and in lots of, on lots of golf courses those greens vary. So but bent grass during the summer, or Bermuda grass during the summer, and then bent grass with the colder conditions in the yeah. winter. Yeah, it's clever stuff, isn't it? Well, it's very Japanese, isn't it? You know, they 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 do. That's the way that they always innovate, don't they? They 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 put their own spin on everything. Yeah. Um, this particular golf course is also very interesting on the basis it's a par seventy. It's just a smidge over seven thousand yards. So you're instantly thinking, oh man, you know, this is bomber's paradise. You can take this apart. But then you look at the detail. Tight, tree lined. Although I, I, I've been looking, you know, I was looking at the skins competition yesterday, which helped, didn't it? We, you know, we had Jason Day winning that from McElroy Woods and uh, um, Matsuama playing. Um, and uh, the visuals that you can see online and the flyovers on the YouTube that they've put up, to be fair, the coverage from the guys over in uh, Japan has been first class in terms of just getting you information about the course. Mm. It doesn't look quite as tight as I would suggest be- uh, Wentworth is. No. Yes, trees are in e- on every hole. It just looks potentially just a yard or two wider on each of the... I'm not thinking it's 20 yards wide I'm th- like Wentworth. I'm thinking it's more kind of 25, 26, a little bit more width. Yeah. The other thing I did notice yesterday on a lot of the coverage... Um, the rough didn't look overly penal. It, it, it didn't look thick and lush. Um, they didn't. Uh, the guys playing didn't seem to really care if they were hitting the fairways or not. They were just banging it as far as they could. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. in a skins event, I almost get. You know, you can understand that, can't you? And after the event, Rory McIlroy said, "Yeah, well, I was I was enjoying it because I could use a lot driver a lot more than I will be able to use when it's in tournament play." Because if I shoot an eight on a skins event, it makes no difference, does no, it? No, you can be far more aggressive, can't you? So, yeah. Um, so I don't think it's ridiculously penal in terms of the rough. Um, clearly, if you're hitting it into the trees, you've got issues. And they do look dense. So um, you could have a lot of tree trouble here. Um, the other th- things to take note of, yes, the holes have two, gr- uh, the holes have two greens, but the only... Zozo were quite adamant, apparently, with the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour didn't want to get involved with the twin greens, and Zozo said, well, we want twin greens involved. So, effectively, they've come to a compromise where they're playing it on the fourth, Mm. which is a par four, over 500-yard par four, and there'll be A and B greens in play. Little twist. Don't know if it really makes anything tangible from a betting perspective. Um, I can't ascertain what the rough or the fairway grass is. There's no info, but they are bent grass greens. Um, apparently, they're kind of medium in terms of their size, but a lot of undulation. Uh, a lot of the putts yesterday, apparently, even three, four footers, had a lot of breaking them. Yeah. Uh, over and above that, this is a weird format. 34 on the front, 36 on the back. Five par threes, ten par fours, and three par fives on a par seventy. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. No, it's an odd setup, isn't it? Perhaps they've just tweaked that for the tournament because, as you say, it's a composite, isn't it? I expect the three eighteens play far more regular 
generally they're just uh, mm. yeah they just pick the they pick the holes they want to it's it's a, it's a three it's there's three sets of eighteen here and they've clearly picked eighteen of the holes that they see fits this best mm. five eighty seven six oh eight five sixty two that's the yardage of the of the par fives. 608 I don't think is going to be reachable for many. Um, 587, yes. 562, the closing 18th. Yeah, that's that's a green light for everybody. Um, and then you've got the par fours. And there that's another fascinating angle. Five of the par fours are sub 425 yards. And f- the other five are all 485 plus going over into 500 yards. So they're either very long or incredibly short. So, um, I think you're going to get a lot of irons off tees. I think you're going to get a lot of three woods off tees. Position, golf course. I think the ideal player for me around here will be a ball striker who has the ability to be prudent off the tee when required with a iron or potentially with a five wood, something like that, and get it out there, but straight. And then on those par fives, there's the ability to open their shoulders and potentially get somewhere in two. It the sounds real, like it's going to make you, make you think, doesn't it? Because you, you can't just go out there with a single strategy. You're going to have to mix and match it during the course of the round to try and try and navigate well, you, your way around. You look at the field, didn't you? And you look, you know, um, Keith Mitchell. Well, just an outright, but you know he likes to take he likes to take driver off everything, doesn't yeah. he? Um, I would have thought when he walks to a course and there's like three irons, and he, he doesn't like that. Mm. Um, if you're looking from a, if you're looking from a top, you know, top of the betting perspective, Tony Finau to me is always a guy that's addicted to the driver. Um, it was interesting at Wentworth this year on a course where he couldn't hit driver on a lot of holes. He didn't actually perform particularly brilliantly, did he? Mm, no. Uh, Patrick Reed, on the other hand, who's more of a kind of strategist to a certain extent, he he does play the bag. He'll play iron when he needs to, or yeah. or wood when he needs to, or driver. He absolutely thrived around Wentworth. He was actually mm. number one for strokes going tee to green at Wentworth. Um, as you can tell, he came very close to my selections. I went deep into him, but um, I haven't chosen him, which could be a, a mistake. But you can't choose everybody. So I, uh, you know, I think there's there's a few players there that won't like the fact that they can't blast driver everywhere. Um, I don't think it's that kind of golf course. I really don't. No, no I think I, it's I, one. It's one where you've got to be strategic. Yeah, and the overall overall length of the track would suggest that it's going to appeal to a, a wide variety of players. It's not going to single out any particular style of play. Um, then we get to the weather, though. Mm. Um, now we had an um, we had a um, a tropical storm that hit the Rugby World Cup a few weeks ago, didn't we? That yeah, cancelled yeah, a few yeah, things. Typhoon, and there is another typhoon in the area this week. Um, apparently, it isn't hitting Japan, but it's close enough to have a lot of uh, meteorological impact. Um, Thursday here would appear to be sunny, dry, 
but with wins 15 to 20, gusting 20. So that's enough to that's enough to defend a golf course. Yeah. It's enough to make players think. Um, it's enough to really confuse on on club selection, especially when with a a win that's gusting on a new golf course that they've barely played. Um, on Friday, the wind take the actual weather takes a turn for the worse. Um, apparently, there's going to be rain in play. Uh, apparently, there's going to be winds gusting up to thirty miles an hour. So actually, for the opening thirty six holes, this is going to be no. No gimme, I don't think, this this tournament. I think scoring, it's going to be hanging around and taking mm. your chances when you can. The wind itself looks like it's predominantly from the northeast, which is when you look at the course map as well, that makes two of the par fives into and from the right and the other one on a crosswind. So I'm doubting if any of the par fives are going to be reachable when the winds are gusting up to 30 miles an hour. Mm. So all of a sudden then you're thinking, well, even if bombers can't reach in two, someone that's got a neat, a very good game from inside 125 yards with a wedge is going to be useful as well and a, and a decent win player. Yeah. Uh, fr- Saturday looks calmer. Uh, the the front or the weather moves away in the afternoon, although it looks like they're starting these rounds at 9.30 in the morning local time. So I think there's going to be a wind involved um, Saturday, but the leaders might actually get the best of the conditions. And Sunday, it looks like a mill pot. Uh, you know, it's very tranquil. Your scoring's going to just explode on Saturday, on Sunday. So I would, again, I wouldn't be surprised potentially if you get someone coming from off the pace to steal this, shooting a very low round. Yeah, yeah. Get out there nice and early on Sunday and absolutely hammer this. The course looked lush yesterday. Um, it then decided to rain after the Skins event. It was raining when I was actually writing the preview yesterday afternoon UK time here. Uh, and apparently there's more rain there today. And there's also rain in the forecast, as we said, for potentially Friday and even sad, potentially Saturday and Sunday. I think we're going to have a very wet golf course. Mm. Which, of course, does help the longer hitters. You know, makes the golf course wider. Yep. So, in our predictor model this week, uh, we do have two variables that highlight players on the PGA Tour that play well in the wind and play well on soft golf courses. I'll actually, I'm going to start doing this, but I'm going to actually run through the top 10 of the predictor model. Jordan Spieth at one, Rory McIlroy at two, Justin Thomas three, Jason Day four, Hideki Matsuyama five, Patrick Reed six, Paul Casey seven, Benny Ann eight, Sung JM nine, Shane Lowry ten. The golf betting system tra- um, predictor model trademark. I'll throw a trademark in there like Wiley does. <laughs> hmm. What are your thoughts? Any thoughts, or have you been focusing completely on Portugal? Yeah. It's, I guess you go to these new tracks and it's always difficult to try and second guess what it's going to be like because you're all running off spec, aren't you? But, um, but clearly you've got a few elements to to grab onto. Um, bent grass greens for a start, a classical style track, as you said. Um, soft conditions. Also wind. And I think players that are feeling comfortable in the wind are going to be the um, going to be ones who are going to be able to 
get into some kind of position after after 36 holes. I mean, for me, if I put all of those four elements in, and I did use the predictor quite heavily for my thought process for this, and um, the player it just spat out to me is Jordan yeah. Spieth. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Can't keep him off the top. Difficult. No, to. absolutely, because he's in this field relative to other players. He's got the best results in windy conditions. He's got the best results on bent grass greens. Um, we know how good he is in classical tracks. You know, you have to think of Augusta to get yourself uh, sure, excited about uh, that speed. Short tracks, yeah, absolutely. Soft tracks, um, he's, he's there on all of them. Um, yeah. The thing that you then need to consider is, is he playing decent golf? And it's, it's, from tee to green, he's not been great for a while, has he? He's, uh, he's kind of alternated from this player who used to be an incredible putter um, and then he kind of lost that for a period of time and his ball striking was fantastic and he seems to have swung the pendulum back the other way now so he's putting his back absolutely where you expect it to be but the ball striking's um, not been quite right but uh, there was enough last week for me to, to take a punt at 25-1 to one. Mm. Um, eighth at the CJ Cup last week his ball striking wasn't where you'd expect it to be but I guess the conditions here this week particularly with wind yeah. may well no, play I agree. The CJ Cup, uh, uh, Nine Bridges, is not a Jordan Speed track. No. Because it's too long and it's all about outright bombing. So for him to be competitive there in top 10, yeah, yeah, this golf course will suit him far more. Yeah, yeah. So I can see Speed. The yeah. reason I didn't select him was purely because his ball striking was so poor. He just, his driving and his GIR, the GIR was okay. Um, but yeah. If he actually can get on a track where a lot of players are struggling to hit greens, you know, clearly he's scrambling in a short game. He's probably the best in the field, or it's certainly up there with the likes of Justin Thomas. And yeah. you're getting a lot you're getting a lot more in terms of value on his price, aren't you? With yeah, twenty five to one, yeah. Twenty five to one I took, yeah. And um yeah, I, I think I did a few other Kind of point is with this, if you go back, there's, there's not been any PGA Tour action or European Tour action on this particular track, has there? But there's been some uh, Japan uh, content or, or tournaments. There was a Japan um, Senior Open in 2016, I think it was. Um, and it was won by Prayad Marksang. And it's interesting with Marksang, for me, and I've seen him on the European Tour a number of times over the years, He's um, a very strong putter. When he putts well, when he plays well, it's usually the putter that absolutely fires for him. Um, and field-leading putting performances aren't uncommon with him. So correlating that to a player like Spieth, who did lead the field for putting average last week, um, seems to fit quite nicely for me. Um, so yeah, 25 birdies last week as well. The only person who got more birdies than Spieth last week was JT. So clearly something's working well. And it will be just this, the one question that we'll need answering is whether he can keep the ball um, on the planet from off the tee, whether he can find enough greens, um, and that will be comparable with everyone else who will be missing greens, as you say, because the conditions, particularly over the first two days, won't be won't be pretty. So, so yeah, I've backed him out right. I've also backed him in uh, an each-way double with my headline selection which I'll talk about a little bit later on but um, speech the only one I've backed um, you and I were talking before the um, podcast started recording about Graham McDowell and the more you talked and described the track uh, the more I was getting excited about McDowell at 100 to 1 as well and uh, 
I will do a little bit more digging after this, but I may well have a little punt on McDowell here as well, because he's playing some nice stuff. He's playing some good stuff at the moment, GMAC. I think a, a, a tricky track over the first two days where grinding is probably going to be more appropriate than going out and shooting the lights out is something that could, could get him into a decent position heading into the weekend, I think. Hundreds if you look one. at Pryad Mark Sang, mm. this is why people listen to the podcast, mate. How, how many podcasts are we talking about Pryad Mark Sang? <laughs> this is the detail, isn't it? If you look at Pryad Mark Sang, he'd won at the Phoenix Country Club, which is the Dunlop Phoenix Tournament. Yep. Uh, he was second there as close a go as 2017. Um. He also won at Sentosa, which is the Singapore Open. Yep, yep. He won that in 2017. Now, that, that swung me in a certain way. Now, to add fuel to your cause, 2016, Jordan Spieth finished second at Sentosa. Yeah. When they offered, clearly offered him a lot of money to turn up and play. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Spieth is an excellent call this week. And he was also third at the Dunlop Phoenix in 2014, when actually Hideki Matsuyama won the tournament. So I think there is a lot of fuel to add to your selection this week. I think Spieth is a very... a player, and also it's just the conditions. You just know with Jordan, when when it's awful, windy... Because um, he won at Pebble Beach in really crap conditions. Yeah. Clearly, he won open the champion, Open yeah. in excellent, con- in poor conditions as well. When he won that at Birkdale in 2017, mm. um, that actual leaderboard contained one Brooks Kepka in sixth place. And actually, when you look at Birkdale in 2008, when Padre Carrington won, Ian Poulter was second. Go back to the Dunlop Phoenix tournament. Padraig Harrington won that in 2006 and Ian Poulter won it in 2007. Mm. So I think you've got the winner. (laughs) Famous last words. And I persuaded myself out of him. There's still time, Steve. There's still time. But yeah, for the preview, yeah. So Spieth, yeah, I love that angle. I think this is going to play right into his wheelhouse. Um, if he can actually straighten the driver a little bit, yeah, well, this is the question, isn't it? It's long game. and he can cut the out the doubles and the twelve bogeys that he threw in last week. Barry always says, doesn't he? That actually, it's the bogeys that you can clean, clean yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. But if he's you're been, not, if you're, he's if you're been, not, he's been pumping anything. in a lot of bogeys for a lot of tournaments, Jordan's yeah. yeah. It's it's a matter of cutting those out. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I do get the speed angle. If you go along the lines of that Dunlop Phoenix Dunlop Phoenix event. Oh, and by the way, I also like the angle of someone that hasn't won for a period of time winning this. Mm. So, you know, I had the crazy idea of going four points to win on Justin Thomas again at the top, because we know that he can go win-win. Yeah, he can do, yeah. But I'm just looking at this time of year. I'm looking at this particular slot in October. It's often housed the HSBC. And we've seen, you know, clearly a very high-level event with great players. And we've seen Bubba Watson win that 
Russell Knox, Hideki Matsuama, Justin Rose, and Xander Schofle win that. And none of those five have had a immediate victory before they won that WGC event. Mm. Um, Knox had never won on the PGA Tour. Bubba Watson had won the Masters the, the year he won it. Uh, Matsuama, yes, he'd won in Japan, but hadn't won a PGA Tour event since Phoenix in February. Justin Rose hadn't won for two years, and Xander Schofield hadn't won for over a year. So ideally, I'm looking for someone that hasn't actually... I know it's, people go, see what are you, these angles you come at? I just think that someone that's hungry to do well this week is a key for me. One that I always love to back and select is is um, it's Brooks Kepka light in these type of events. Someone that's going to turn up here, be motivated to play well in terms of his ability to. He saves his best performances for the very best tournaments. Mm. That's that's his uh, that that's his mo, isn't it? Xander Schauffele. Yeah, and I just think for a player that's. Coming to Japan's biggest tournament ever, um, the, the the best, the biggest prize, the first time the PGA Tour have visited here, seventy eight man field, stacked. Someone that was second at the Tour Championship last time on the PGA Tour that he played, and was I think he was fifth after two rounds of the BMW. Clearly peaking, defending next week the WGC HSBC, which yeah. he won in China. Always a good factor to look at. Yeah, I, I think Xander's going to be not turning up here and playing like he did at the European Open when he probably went over to play that for a new Porsche that they promised him. <laughs> I think he's actually going to be 100% focused this week, Xander. Mm. And, you know, if it's anything like, you know, they said about the, the, the putting surfaces having slope like Augusta. Well, that plays to your Jordan Spieth pick, clearly. Um, it also plays for Xander because don't forget he was very close runner up at the Masters this oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember it well. And he can play in anything. Mm. It's just whether he can be switched on sometimes, Xander. Clearly, his last victory was in G- in January at the Tournament of Champions. So, again, there's someone that's probably quite hungry to get a victory on his card. And I think he, he might, he's likely to go well this week. So I managed to get 25 to one on Xander standout. I've got to say this, Paul, Unibet this week, absolutely standout on odds. Yeah, it's really good. There's, there's a lot of uh, market leading prices on your event. Thomas McElroy, Chauflay, Fleetwood Woods, Finau Reed, Woodland, Hovland, Fitzpatrick and him. That's players up to 40 to one this week with Unibet who are market best price as we're recording this podcast. Mm. If you fancy a Unibet account, and I have to say, I think they're a must now to have because week in, week out, they are outlandishly good on price on key players. Uh, Their odds compilers do take a view each and every week. They don't wait and just copy another bookmaker and slice two or three points off every odds. They actually come up with their own prices and they actually keep a price on board. Um, they don't just slash them. I think Unibet are a good bookmaker for golf at the moment. They're six places each way this week on a short man field, and they are outstanding on price. Come to Golf Betting System. They are offering a very attractive bet 20, get £40 in free bets and bonuses if you sign up by a golf betting system. Uh, key terms clearly available on the website. But yeah, Unibet this week, outstanding. All three of my tips are your Unibet. 
Yeah, the other, so point, we, the other point with the Unibet is um, their first round leader price is week in, week oh, out. They yeah. tend to be market leader on at least a third of the field, if not more. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I concur with what you're saying there. They are a must-have account for golf betting right now. So you like Spieth. Mm. At that price point, I've got for Xander. Other players that really interest me, I think Patrick Reed. Would will fit this place, and as I said, he was first for strokes going tee to green at Wentworth. Uh, Wentworth is going to be a similar layout to this. I think Reed's playing nicely. Um, he came very close for me. The one I took though was Gary Woodland. Mm. Um, didn't realise this at the time, but we've looked at the HSBC field for next week, and he isn't playing. So his last gambit to get a President's Cup. By the way, President's Cup qualification, we haven't mentioned Jordan Spieth. No. Now, if he wins this week, there's no way that Tiger doesn't pick Jordan Spieth. So that's another positive on on the Spieth angle. Mm. But I think Woodland's in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, it, if things stand as they are, and we've been discussing this for a while, Mickelson is is the really contentious pick. Does Tiger pick himself? He isn't playing the HSBC next week, so Tiger will get a feel for where his game is this week and make it make the selection next week whether he picks himself. Mm. Um, but, you, you know, you've got to be thinking that has Finau done enough? Patrick Reed won in the FedEx Cup playoffs. We know he's Captain America. I, he gets a pick, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You could be in a scenario where Gary Woodland, if he didn't do anything this week, doesn't get selected for the President's Cup, even though he won the US Open. Seems harsh, I think. It? I think, very harsh. Um, if he carries forward his play from Saturday and Sunday at the CJ Cup, where I think he made 15 birdies, one bogey, and putted at sub 1.7, he will fly this week. And clearly, the way that his schedule is set, this is his last gambit to say to Tiger, hey, you need to pick me for the President's Cup. Which I think would be his first appearance in a team event for the United States, so a big deal for him. I just think this golf course will suit him. Um, He's got those... He's got the armory for me. He's he just loves it in five wood, which he hits long and straight. And on those par fives, he can get the big bertha out and hit that long and straight, mm. and potentially get to a couple of them in two. Decent win player, loves playing in soft golf course on soft golf courses, and also you look great record in Kuala Lumpur when they played the CIMB Classic on a tight on a tree line golf course that was always yielding birdies. And also, of course, we know that his CJ Cup form has been phenomenal. I think a second and a third there the last two years. He's a better player now than he ever has been. You know, he's a US Open champion. He's a major champion. So he's now got that. He's got that mental knowledge that he can compete against the best and beat them. And he won the World Cup of Golf with Matt Kuchar in 2011 in China. So his Far East form for for American is excellent. Yeah. I forgot with Xander, by the way. Listen to this. 2017 Dunlop Phoenix tournament. First Brooks Kepka, Second Priad Mark Sang. Tied with Xander Schofle in second. There you go. So he's got yeah. that Dunlop form as well, Xander. Yeah. 
Uh, so I've gone for Woodland as my second pick. Two points each way. I managed to again get 33 to 1 with Unibet, six place each way. I think if there's a player in this field that's got an MO to do really well, to say to Tiger, come on, you need to pick me here, I think it's Gary Woodland. Yeah. Finally, I looked at Hadwin. And I know Hadwin's going to be popular this week because he's, he's he's top GIR his last two tournaments. The only thing that puts me off Adam Hadwin, when you look on the predictor, doesn't turn up on in windy golf tournaments. Mm. Yeah, and it's going to be quite blowy the first couple of days. And this is going to be nasty. Shout Shane Lowry, doesn't it, really, at 55 to 1? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I think Barry said he's he, he's tempted on Shane Lowry this week, That's isn't a big, he? Big price for a uh, open mm. champion. Um. In the end, I went for a European tour player and I just hope that he doesn't drink too much Asahi Lager on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. So, Matthew, if you're listening, yeah. don't go out with Billy. Tuck yourself uh, in. Your early bed. night, Matthew. I've gone for Matthew Fitzpatrick because I genuinely think, and you have been his one of his biggest supporters over the years, that Matthew Fitzpatrick on a short, tree-lined strategic golf course which nobody has really played until they turned up here on Monday mm. he's, so he's on a level playing field he is yeah. I think Fitzpatrick's a, a decent shout this week yeah yeah. I always struggle to get him right or I have done recently but um, there's a lot of logic with him this week I must say yeah Prolific winner on the European Tour. And 2019, all of a sudden, you've just seen him feel confident enough to compete at the top end of leaderboards on the PGA Tour. Second at the Arna Palmer Invitational, 12th at the US Open at Pebble Beach, and also fourth at the recent WGC at St. Jude. Uh, that was a tournament he led at after 36 holes. Um I just think Fitzpatrick. If, yeah, if you if you if you're looking for a potential breakout victory on the PGA Tour, I'd I wouldn't be hugely surprised if Matthew Fitzpatrick was to be right right in the uh, contending places this week. No, and I think or that... conversely, he goes out, drinks too much sake, and suits seventy eight on Thursday, <laughs> then shoots 68, 68, 68, and finishes twelve. Yeah, it's a lot of it's down to that first round, isn't it? I wonder, given the location of the event, whether it will feel less like a regular PGA Tour event here. Yeah, that like, came into my thinking down. as well, Paul, yeah. And as you say, there's no, he's not, he's not a, any kind of detrimental position in terms of course experience as well, which... Uh, Never played in Japan, but we know, and you said to me as well, look at Fang Ling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Poulter's done well at Fangling and Sentosa. So has Padraig Harrington, who we mentioned at that Dunlop Phoenix. You look at his record at Sentosa, uh, at Fangling, has it, I think he's had a second and a yeah. third in three appearances. Yeah, he's, he's been good in Hong Kong, definitely. And he was fourth at Sentosa in January. So, I, you know, you've even got the course correlation as well. It's just whether Matthew Fitzpatrick turns up on Thursday. Yeah. And you're yeah. never quite sure. But I suppose, you know, yeah, he has he has been better with his starting rounds of late. So uh, there's there's mm. a bit more to 
to give you some uh, some hope that it'll, it'll start in a decent vein of form and continue that for the four days. Before we move on, I know you like a bigger price. Anything anything deeper in the field you like? So, uh, the only, it would the only be one G Mac, would it? Yeah, the only one that I've really looked at, and it's only since we've been chatting it through, is, is GMAC, I must say. It's uh, at 100 to 1 in a few spots, um, who's been showing a bit of form. But um, I'll have a little deeper dig, I think, and see if there's uh, anything else that, that grabs me. Any, any claim close to you for no, three figures? I didn't really look, to be fair. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's such a good field, and you'd expect a lot of And you're, to... you're looking at seven places each way maximum, mm. and you've got a loaded field. I know Chan Kim won last week, didn't he? The Japan Open, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was out that way, wasn't it? Um, Adam Scott was fifth in that, although he I think wasn't. he shot seventy-eight in the first round, and shot himself right out of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think Kisner will be popular. The thing that puts me off Kisner is that yeah, he was he ended the season well, but he hasn't played for two months. Yeah. Don't forget that Tour Championship was in August now. Um, before, you know, you used to get to a championship late September. So players would come out to the Far East and go really well. But, you know, you're looking at a two-month gap now. Ten, nine, ten weeks to not play tournament golf. I think that's a big ask for someone mm. to then turn up and win this. Yeah, it could be, could be rusty. Uh, if he sh- plays well this week, Kisner, he could be one for the HSBC. We know he's finished runner-up there in the past. Mm. So Kisner, you know, again, another President's Cup spot up for grabs. You know, if he was to... Hit hit his straps and find real form. The last two tournaments in in Asia, he could get a captain's pick. So yeah, there's that there's that to it as well. Right, one of your favourite tournaments, I believe, on the European tour. You've you've had a very successful hit rate here, the Portugal Masters. Yeah, yeah. There's a few bits to grab onto, isn't it? As uh, the course or the European tour is consistently going back to this track each year, which is always a positive for mm. a tour that does like to hop about in terms of its venues for its various events. So, um, It tends it, to have a rather juicy winning price, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, if, if you like your mid-prices, then um, then this is the this is the event to get your teeth into because that 50 to 1 to 100 to 1 bracket is um, is absolutely where the, the winners are tended to be. Um, but yeah, I'll get to that in a second because um, there have been some changes to this. Actually, let's start from the beginning. Uh, we're back to Villamora. Um, it is the 12th consecutive year we're going back to uh, this part of the Algarve. So there's lots of good course history um, to grab onto. Um, added twist this year, as it has been on various years in the past, is that this is effectively the last chance saloon for a lot of the field in terms of securing their playing rights for next year. So the top 110, and I think from commentary on the um, on, on the European Tour last week, they were talking about it going down to maybe the 117th position once you've stripped out all of the affiliate members and, and right. whatnot. Um, so players are going to be desperately trying to secure their playing rights for next year um, this week. So certainly something to keep on top of because um, it's going to act as a, it always does. There's always one or two players who pop up who are in that kind of 130, 140 position on the race to Dubai prior to the final event who um, suddenly pull something out of the bag and get themselves uh, get themselves employed for the next year by by recording a decent finish. So it tends to go right down to the wire for that. 
And um, there's also the top 60 race Dubai element to look for through Dubai because clearly we're going to the WGC next week as we've talked about Shashan and then you've got the Turkish Open. Uh, the Ned Bank at Sun City and then the DP World, they're all short field events. And to get into that, you're going to have to be in a quite a lofty position in the race to Dubai and clearly you need to be top 60 when, by the time you get to the uh, to the earth course to, to find yourself into that field. So jostling for position this week um, and uh, clearly that's had an impact. Well, if you if you look at the way the scheduling's fallen, I, I think it has had an impact on the field this week. Because you've got the Zozo, which has grabbed a few of the players that you might have expected to play this. And then players are looking at the schedule of four big events to come up over the next week, or next four weeks, which is um, kind of sapped a bit out of the uh, a bit out of the market in terms of the players that are here this week. So you've got um, Matt Wallace heading the field at 11-1, to 1, Martin Keimer 18-1, to 1, Eddie Pepfel's back at 22s, Lucas Berggaard at 22-1. to 1. Um, and then you've got the likes of Tom Lewis, who's won here a couple of times, Adrian House, Jordan Smith, 25 to 1, 28 to 1, bar those players. So um, not the most stellar of fields here. Um, and uh, it's it kind of sets itself up for some real fun and games, I think, as players are clearly going to have the chance to get into those top positions that are going to earn them the kind of points they need to... Uh, to secure their card. Um, Villamora itself, it's an Arnold Palmer design pass, 71. It's been extended slightly, 7,191 yards it will play this year. It's a resort course first and foremost, flat and exposed. There's water in play on the seven of the holes altogether. And in general, it's not an overly difficult track. I mean, you look at the winning scores in the last four years, we've got 23 under, 23 under. 20 under and 22 under of one over the last four years. Um, and those winning scores have prompted a few changes. They've, they've conducted some changes between the last event held here and this week. There's more to come over the next two or three years as they continue to bring it up to a level where it's not going to get um, overpowered. It's not going to get um, just taken apart each year, which... Um, which it has been over the last few years. So they've added a few new trees this year. The idea with that is that it stops some of the bombers cutting the corners on some of these holes and cutting them right down in terms of uh, in terms of size. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. They've also changed the rough to a new strain of Bermuda, which will um, whether it actually impacts how the how the games how it plays this week. I'm not entirely sure, but it's a more efficient type of Bermuda. So. Um, the idea is it makes the uh, the whole course that bit more um, energy efficient in this uh, in this world we live in now, where everyone's striving to be uh, to more be more econ- to to be more friendly to the environment. So we shall see how that actually changes it. For me, I don't think it will materially change the the winning. You know the, the way players players win it might might drag the score down by one or two shots. I think with the the new trees, but I can't imagine it's going to turn it into a proper technical test, particularly with mild, sunny weather forecasts. It's going to be up to the high teens, centigrade, low twenties, something like that. So around about seventy Fahrenheit, sunny. Um, there'll be a few moments where the wind will pick up, maybe to ten or fifteen miles an hour, but generally it's going to be quite uh, quite placid. So. Yeah, I think we're still looking maybe high teens in terms of winning score. Someone might get close to 20, I guess. Um, and someone might run away and, uh, and and notch two or three shots better than that if they have a particularly good week. We shall see. 
Um, something you alluded to, Steve, at the start was the winning scores in. I'll just read them through going back to 2010 because it does make interesting reading. Uh, 2010 was Richard Green at 50 to 1. Uh, 2011, uh, Tom Lewis won the first of his two um, Portugal Masters titles, 100 to 1. Shane Lowry at 66 to 1 the year after. David Lynn at 80 to 1. Alex Levy at 70 to 1. Andy Sullivan at 50s. Padraig Harrington at 100 to 1 in 2016. Lucas Berrigard at 66 is who we were on that week from memory. And Tom Lewis last year at 50 to 1. So every one of those winning prizes was between that punting sweet spot of 50 to 1 and 100 to 1. Mm. Um, which, um, if you fancy players in that kind of bracket, is particularly appealing. I don't know, that's a, a lot of play, a lot of punters would be looking at that kind of price bracket anyway because generally you find a player in that kind of bracket who you can make a case for but clearly you're taking the chance on one or two elements but uh, if you've been playing in that uh, that part of the market over the last nine years here you could have had some really big results so uh, we shall see if that continues this year some key factors par four scoring looks key to me it always is here I think you need to be playing particularly well on the on the par fours Driving distance generally is quite important here, but then you've got the likes of Green and David Lynn have won here, who um, by a long stretch aren't the biggest of hitters. So, um, And again, you've got this impact of the trees that have been added to uh, to try and negate some of the uh, the, uh, the approach of the, of the bombers. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd still err on the side of a bit of power here. I think it still sets up for aggressive play, but... Um, we shall see how that actually pans out with these changes. Um, six of the last nine winners here had either won or had achieved a second-place finish in the season to date. So a bit of contending form um, or even a conversion in the year doesn't go down too badly. But other than that, you've got a mix of debutants and experienced players um, winning here. And all in all, um, it's a pretty mixed bag. You've got different styles of player winning. Um, but clearly, one thing that you're going to need to do is you're going to need to go out and be able to make a score around it. It's going to have to be somewhere, I think, approaching 20 under, and uh, you're going to need to be able to make some birdies. So you need to be putting quite well. And um, for me, I've gone for four players in total. Three of them are kind of around that sweet spot that we talked about in the kind of 50 to 1 upwards bracket. But at the top of the market, I couldn't not go for Matt Wallace. Um, and I think there's plenty of justification for a player like Wallace in this field because for me, he's head and shoulders above the vast majority of this field in his current form and uh, also his uh, kind of desire to get that win um, for this year. No win in 2019. Um, that's a big negative for him and he'll be desperately trying to get that corrected before the end of the year. I mean, his play's been good. He's fifth in the race to Dubai for a reason. He's he's come very close on a couple of occasions. He was third at the US PGA earlier in the year. Um, there's lots to like about his game. Um, if you can... And he's the kind of player that polarises punters, isn't he? You, you look at him and he's very, um, very focused, very... Um, very hard on himself sometimes with the way that he uh, approaches the game. But um, I think that's going to manifest into an, into a win very soon. And it's the time of year. We, we talk about it each year, Steve. You get to this back end part of the season and the 
favourites, the short prices tend to oblige in far more um, far more regularly than they do earlier in the season. Um, you've got these players who there's a good reason or a good case you can build for them to win a tournament and they can quite often go and oblige. And JT last week was a, an, an, a case in point. He he was the favourite to win that tournament, quite rightly, and he won, and, uh, he won it with uh, relative ease in the end. Uh, for me, going back to, to Wallace, um, he's got some great form in Portugal. He won his maiden European Tour title mm, in, the, in the Open to Portugal. And yeah, we were yeah. on board that week. So that was, mm. that was a nice one. Um, he shot 64-67 here last year to open up. So he was fourth going into the weekend. Um, he leads the field for par four scoring relative to everyone else here. So that, I think, is another important factor. And uh, I think this new relationship he's got with the caddy, Jonathan Smart, is going to reap rewards. I think they're far more um, aligned to where they want to, to develop his game. And uh, I think that will start to reap rewards over the next um, next few months and years. And this smaller event, I think, you know, you look at how he's played over the last few few weeks. And he was third in Holland. He led after day one, we talked about earlier at Wentworth. Fifteenth uh, at the Dunhill Links, um, seventh at the Italian Open, and a decent field. And I think the quality of the, those fields, particularly the Italian and the Dunhill and Wentworth, compared to this, there's a there's a big difference there. And I think he'll feel far more comfortable and put far less pressure on himself because there won't be those players who are, you know, those kind of he- um, headline players that are sitting above him who he's aspiring to be. He's the, he's the man this week. Um, and I think uh, I think that will help him to focus his mind. His irons have been warming up. Sit for greens regulation, Italian Open. I mean, if there's one player who's going to break this um, fifty to one winning trend, um, fifty to one and above winning trend, then I think it'll be Matt Wallace. So yeah, I've got four points to win on Wallace. He was also the uh, the top of our predictor this week. So I think that I, 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 there was no way he'd get get away from him. I've got to say he's uh, he, he was the standout selection for me this week. And um, three more that are at longer prices. Um, Shabanka Sharma, um, fifty to one. He's clearly a talented lad. Uh, Sharma um, won the Joburg Open a couple of years back. The Maybank last year. Ninth at the WGC Mexico, um, which you remember he was right in the mix and then fell away on the final day there, but clearly can mix it at um, at a top level. But his form fell away, as often you get with these golfers. They, they play well for a period of time and then the, uh, the form just deserts them. But over the last few weeks, he's recorded a couple of his best OWGR reaping uh, results for his career today, seventeenth at the BMW PGA at Wentworth, seventh at the Italian Open, and um, they're both decent efforts and decent fields. And after going to the Corn Ferry to try and um, work his way through the finals to get his PGA Tour card, didn't work out there. Just just didn't happen for him over those three events that he played over there. And um, his return back to the European Tour currently sits eightieth in the race to Dubai. So if he's going to get himself into these big bucks events over the uh, the next four weeks. He needs to perform this week. He needs to needs to really focus his game. And it's interesting listening to or reading what he talks about on Twitter and how he's feeling about his game. There's lots of positive vibes coming through, and particularly from those events over the last few weeks. Greens and regulation have been strong, fourth and third over his last two starts. Yeah, for me, I think Shabanka Sharma could be uh, 
could be the kind of player who, if there's going to be someone who wins at this 50 to 1 price point, he's, uh, he, he's the, the standout at that price point for me. Well, if you look at if you look at players in that bracket, mm. and you just look at what they've done recently and in past history, Sharma that in that yeah that little yeah. price band, yeah you know, he he's a class above. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Indeed, indeed. And he you know he's got no qualms about winning. We know that he's a he's a bit of a winning machine when he gets going. And don't forget, this is a guy that you know last year or in 2018. Uh, March, he, he's finishing in the top 10 and going out on the final group at WGC level. Yep. Now, he's a class player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's well capable of winning at this level. And um, mm, Yeah. You know, I think I, I, it's, it's only a matter of time for me before he goes and starts uh, notching. Just for listeners and, and also for myself, do you see any correlating course for on European Tour stop-offs <sighs> that really shout... With, with, with this place, the the one that stuck out most to me was Qatar, um, and that's only just from the players that have kind of performed well at both of these events. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. It's um, when you've got these events that are more low scoring, they tend to appeal to players who go well on these you know, resort type resort type tracks and you can kind of pick a few of those out maybe the uh, maybe the uh, Czech Masters is another one that's got some correlation to it but um, but yeah it, there were a few and ultimately they were kind of I felt there were more red herrings than uh, than they're going to work for this week but um, yeah not, not that I really paid much attention to this week I must say but um, now we shall see. And again, you've got the impact of the uh, the course changes, so it could be uh, could be wiping the slate um, clean-ish this week compared to previous years. Played some very nice stuff in Italy, Sharma, from yeah, the live did. coverage I was yeah, watching. Yeah, and, did, and, did. and actually, on that Saturday, outscored Justin Rose by an absolute ton. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that it's takes some go. It's been showing some form, and as I say, the irons mm. have been really sharp recently, so... Um, We'll uh, we'll see how he goes, but I think he I think he'll have a big week. Um, yeah, I was saying fifty sure. to one. I took sixties actually um, early yesterday. I know he's been trimmed in a little bit, but there's still a little yeah. bit fifty five and sixty out there if you fancy a bit of Shivanka Sharma. Um, Alex Levy, um, the next player that I've backed, and he's a previous winner, and you know how um, how much I like him as a player. Um, when there's a sniff of a reason to back him then I'll, I'll have a go and we talked about him a couple of weeks back actually when we picked up at the Spanish Open that he'd led the field there for greens and regulation and that's a, a big red light a big green light for me to uh, to consider him for an event like this and he's not done much since um, he didn't do much at the um, uh, the Italian he didn't do much at the Spanish but I think this is sorry he didn't do much uh, the week after at uh, the French but uh, that for me is enough to get me excited. I mean, it's been a frustrating season for him, hasn't it? Fourteen missed cuts so far this season. Um, interspersed with that, you got fifth in the Saudi International, fifth in Sweden too. Um, the problem basically has been that he's had some back issues that um, have hampered his swinging, and he's just not been swinging at full strength. But uh, it appears that he's now back to that kind of level, and he just needs to find a bit of consistency in his game. I think to. Uh, to really start competing again, so it was interesting to see that um, that fifteenth place finish at the Spanish Open, where he led the field for greens and regulation, 
And going back to his form here, he shot 63-61 to win in 2014 when Nats, um, you remember that event that was uh, cut down to 36 holes in the end because it was it was yeah. absolutely sopping wet and uh, the rain just kept coming in. So, But clearly to shoot 63-61 around a track like this has got to suit his eye. And he, he likes what he likes. Um, we've seen his form in China over the years. Whenever he goes to China, it's outstanding. And coming back to a, a course and to a country where he's won before, I think could uh, could have a, a real positive spin on him this week. Um, he's got no problems with his card. He won the Trophy Ascender last year. So even though he's down in the 120s in terms of his uh, race to Dubai position, that's immaterial this week. I think what will motivate him is that he'll see the likes of Cole Starts, who was incidentally closest uh, player to him that year when he won here. Uh, Colts Arts went out last week and from a similar kind of position on the race to Dubai has virtually booked himself a, a berth at the um, earth course by virtue of winning um, last week at the Open to France and this week's event has exactly the same number of, uh, of race to Dubai ranking points as last so uh, a player like Levy could come in and um, could leapfrog as many players as he needs to to get himself into the uh, into the big big bucks events at the end of the year at the end of next month, so, so yeah, I couldn't, uh, I, I, I couldn't ignore him this week. Um, and the final pun is a bit more of a gut feel. This is for Justin Walters, who is one hundred and twenty-five to one. Um, and we often see when we watch and observe and listen to golf, um, that there's a storyline with um, a lot of winners and a lot of players who suddenly pull a contending performance out of the bag and. For Walters, if you go back to 2013, he finished second here. It was his debut here. And that was a couple of weeks after his mother had died. And um, he gave some emotional interviews after that. And, uh, you know, it was clearly a big thing for him. He, he saved his card that week, virtue of his second place finish. He held a 40-footer for par on the final hole, which effectively saved his card. And, uh, you know, the, the, the guy was clearly massively emotional afterwards and, uh, you know, fair play to him for pulling it out of the bag when he when he did. Um, and he, you, you fast forward to recently and sadly, he's recently lost his father as well. Um, and he finds himself in exactly the same position. He's, he's in an almost identical position um, to, to where he was six years ago. Um, he's clearly coming in with a with a heavy heart and... Uh, in need of trying to focus his game but listening to his again his emotional interviews recently it appears to have galvanized his game he appears to be playing with far more freedom and uh, uh, a kind of I don't know a, 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 it's not reckless abandon because that's not what it is but it's kind of a, a freedom to express himself on the golf course I think and we've seen some decent form from him he shot 63 to lead after day one at St Andrews at the Daniel Links a few weeks ago um, he shot 65 to close the Italian Open in a decent uh, decent level there. He finished 10th overall that week. He opened the 67 last week in France before fading away. Um, and uh, you know, there's clearly snippets of form there that he hasn't quite kept going for four four days. But uh, needs must. He's 126th in the race to Dubai. He's got to perform this week. Um, and I wonder if six years down the line from when he did exactly that in 2013, whether he can repeat that feat here this week. I mean, he shot 63s and 64s around this track. He, he knows how to play Villamora. So he um, he can get on with the track and so clearly there's a big carrot dangling in front of his nose. Um, just needs to keep his emotions um, as under check as he can, but can, you know, can clearly thrive on those 
emotional drivers as well. So I'm, I sincerely hope he does have a good week and I sincerely hope he has a, a week that gets him his card and um, it'd be lovely to see him uh, to reward each way punters as well at a, a long price of 125 to 1. But yeah, they're my four. Walters, Levy, Shabanka Sharma and Matt Wallace from the top. Any that caught your eye? I think Guido at 66 is. Guido, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not. He's played rubbish for four or five events and then he just pops up, doesn't he? Yeah. You were on him at the European Masters, he got seventh. Mm. You just don't know with Guido, do you? No, you don't. I noticed a lot of people were interested in him at his home open and he made the cut. Um, Second in Spain on um, a Challenge Tour event. I think at that sixty-six price point, again, would you take him or Ricard Carlberg? Well, yeah. for the for the win equity, I know what I'd take. I think yeah. Shabanka Sharma is is the player at that in that um, area that you've got to like the most. Mm. Um, the other one that does ca- keep catching my eye, and I think he's due something, is Callum Shinkwin. And I yeah. can get eight places each way with Paddy Power and him at sixty to one. Yeah, he's it's, another. It's a difficult, and he's one. done very well at low scoring events in the past. And yeah, he's got open. Yeah, he's got, he's got the power to attack this kind of track as well. Which so um, yeah, which I think be. I think Shinkwin and probably Guido. I, I don't see anyone else above that price that really. Cali Samu is it Samuya? Yeah, he, he nice was close. Like 80s. He was close to me. Um, and yeah, and again, the other one that was really. Needed some thought was Jamie Donaldson, who played so well for three rounds last week and then uh, just undid everything with uh, an eight on the par three, so you know, two or three holes into his round on Sunday. Um, he's got some good form around uh, Villamore as well, Donaldson, but he's got to shake off that um, the impact of what that will have done to him last week mentally. It's you know, from a contending position um, to fall out of. Um, Contention so early on on a Sunday with a, an absolute disaster is. Where did he finish in the end? Oh, it was it, it wasn't way down. It's kind of twentieth in that kind of bracket. I think he, mm. I think he finished five over for the day, five or six over. So, um, but yeah, massive disappointment from a, from having played so well, particularly on Friday and Saturday. But yeah, other than that, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of players around the 25, 30, 35, 40 bracket, which I don't. Feel I've got as good a chance as the likes of Sharma. I think uh, I think he's a decent punt this week for an each way back. Lovely, brilliant. Always an event I like watching on TV. Mm, yeah, actually, that's a good one, isn't it? So it we'll is catch good. a bit of that over the weekend. Thank you for your time, Paul. Always yeah. a pleasure. Good luck. Yeah, I guess good luck. Good luck to you. Good luck to listeners, and we'll be back again next week for the final World Golf Championship of the year, the HSBC Champions, and another new event on the PGA Tour the Bermuda Championship. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye.